Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape. Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are standing in a lonely forest clearing. The dawn turned gray by the creeping fog. While standing only yards from you, his eyes filled with his hate for you, is a man who's come to take your life. Unless you first take his. Listen now as Escape brings you The Second Shot, a story based on the classic tale by Alexander Dumas. Gentlemen, ready? Yes, yes, get on with it. There is no way by which you can compose your differences, settle your quarrel, except by this. Lieutenant Domier? There is none. Lieutenant Moussan? I am not the challenger. Lieutenant Domier is. If my opponent wishes to withdraw at this point with a certain loss of honor... The lieutenant forgets himself. My apologies. Monsieur, will you be kind enough to proceed? Very well. Your seconds have examined these pistols and pronounced them perfectly matched. They are loaded. Will you make your choice, Lieutenant Domier? This one should do nicely. Lieutenant Moussan? Gentlemen, you will take your places. Here, where I have planted my saber in the ground. Back to back, if you please. You will raise your pistols to shoulder height, hold them pointed upward. Good. Now the terms of the duel are these. On Major Cole's count, you will walk slowly away from each other. On a count of ten, you will turn and fire. Regardless of the effects of the shots, the duel is then declared finished and the quarrel ended. Is that satisfactory to both of you? Quite satisfactory. Yes, of course. Are you ready, Major Cole? Yes. There's no other way of... Yes, I'm ready. Gentlemen. At your pleasure. Yes, yes, go ahead. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Dr. Baju, hurry, please. See what you can do for him. Your son had a premonition this would happen, Major Cole. He didn't need a premonition. Common sense could have told him. True. Domier never misses. Well. Is he dead, Major? Fact, I think, is obvious. Congratulations, Lieutenant Domier. Once again, you have distinguished yourself by your excellent shooting. 
It is unfortunate, however, that you so often see fit to direct it against your own comrades in arms. He insulted me, sir. A man must defend... Good day, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Daumier reporting as requested, sir. That is, Lieutenant. Let me see here. According to this dossier, you were assigned to my regiment some seven months ago, having just been commissioned from the Academy of Saint-Cyr. Yes, sir. And though the regiment has not been engaged in military action during that period, you have shown exemplary ability in the performance of duties assigned to you. Thank you, sir. Your official record is excellent. And it can be assumed you will give a good account of yourself when we move against Vienna at the end of the month. I hope so, sir. However, I am more concerned at the moment with your unofficial record, Lieutenant Daumier. Sir? One week after your assignment to my command, you challenged Subaltern Mikolov to a duel and shot and killed him. He insulted me, sir. Six weeks later, you challenged Lieutenant Deville to a duel, shot and killed him. But I was only... Two months after that, Captain Morancy... Your bullet smashed his shoulder, and he was forced to retire from the service. Three weeks ago, your victim was Lieutenant Leclerc, who still lingers in the hospital. Does the colonel know that all... Now, this morning, near the forest of Marengo, you shot and killed the leader of my 8th platoon, Lieutenant Musin. The duel was conducted fairly, It was murder. You're a dead shot with a pistol. Those men didn't have a chance against you. Then they should not be so free with their insults, colonel. A gentleman has the right to defend his honor. Lieutenant Daumier... If all you know of honor is what you have learned on the dueling field, then I fear your education has been arrested at a very primitive stage. I resent your implication. If you care to withdraw your remark at once, perhaps... Lieutenant, shall... attention! Yes, sir. Lieutenant Daumier, you were on the point of issuing a challenge to your commanding officer while standing for an official interview. You were aware of the penalty for such an action, are you not? Yes, sir, the guillotine. Lieutenant, in seven months I've lost five men. Excellent officers, all of them. Sacrificed to that exalted sense of honor of yours. Well, there'll be no more of it. You understand? But, sir, if I... you persist in this career of mayhem, if you challenge another man of this regiment, I will convene a court of inquiry. If that court should find your provocation insufficient, and I am quite sure that it would... I will have you stripped of your commission and thrown out of the army. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Any questions, Lieutenant? With the colonel's permission, yes. The colonel has mentioned the penalty for challenging one superior officer under official restraint. But suppose such a challenge should be given in circumstances which are not official. And for reasons which are personal. In that case, there is no penalty... Lieutenant Daumier. Thank you, sir. Dismissed. <sighs> Mind if I step in, Colonel? Of course not. Come in, Major. Saw Daumier leaving. He was boiling. What did you do to him? Tried to threaten some of that boyish nonsense out of his head with somewhat dubious success, I'm afraid. He has a hellish temper, all right. <laughs> he was in one of my courses at Saint-Cyr. Needs a campaign to settle him down. He'll get it. The orders are confidential, but the little corporal arrives in two weeks. Ah. We move against Vienna the week after. Good. 
The regiment needs shaking down. Confound it, Major Cole. Daumier is worth saving if there's any way of doing it. He could be the best junior officer in the regiment if he'd only grow up. If, if he could only develop the slightest maturity. Now, do you realize that I am barely 12 years older than he is? It's the campaigns. Italy, Egypt, you had to grow up. Wait till we move against the Austrian army. That'll settle him down. I hope so. Oh, well, by the way, Colonel, hmm? you recall my telling you of a niece of mine? Uh, Marianne? Yes. Well, she's here. Came up from saint Cyr this afternoon for a surprise visit. I wondered if you would care to join us at dinner tonight. Uh, of course. Well, then it's settled. Uh, forget about Daumier. He'll straighten out in time. Possibly. If he doesn't destroy himself first. Or someone else. Or someone else. You're a most remarkable man. <laughs> remarkable? I've been telling it to Marianne for three years now. But the way you described him, Uncle Jean, I had pictured a battle-scarred veteran of a dozen campaigns, <laughs> tired and worn, and even older than you are. <laughs> oh, heaven forbid. But instead I find... Well... You, uh, find what, Marianne? <laughs> no, not another word. I fear I may have said enough now to turn your head. Oh, I rather think you'll find his head a bit more firmly attached than those of the cadets you know at saint huh? Oh, Uncle Jean, what a thing to say. Uh, Captain Dautrec has just come in. There's a matter I'd like to see him about, if you'll excuse me, sir. Yes, of course, Major. Uh, well, uh, Marianne, uh, how long will you be here? A week, possibly two, unless the campaign begins sooner. Oh, I know, it's a dark secret. But there is gossip, of course. I see. Oh, they're going to dance. Of course I accept. I'd love to. Oh, no, really, really oh, now. Oh, uh... come on. There's much less danger in a cotillion than there is in a cavalry charge. <laughs> is there? My arm, Marianne. line far across the valley there, almost hidden in the haze. What is that, Colonel Perrault? The Danube. Oh. It's an objective once we open the campaign. The campaign. Danger, death. It's difficult to imagine when everything is so peaceful now. The birds, flowers, even the hills are happy today. And you, my dear? I'm happy too. Very happy. Then forget the campaign. Today it doesn't matter. And what does matter today? You. I? You must have known it. I'm not experienced at hiding such things. Marianne. I, uh, I think the carriage driver is anxious to leave. The devil take the carriage driver. <laughs> Why, you're more impetuous than a cadet. Where you're concerned. It's getting late. Marianne. No, please. We've, we only met three days ago. A week, then. Will a week be long enough, my dear? I think perhaps it will. Ask me then.
Tomie, are you there? Yes, come in. Assembly and review in five minutes. Are you ready? Yes, if I can get this tunic straight. Here's your saber. Hmm. Full review every third day now. Something must be up. The Austrian campaign will move in a matter of days. Mark my words. I hope you're right. Dormier, there's something I think you ought to know. We'd better go. Wait. You told me once that uh, while you were at the academy, you exchanged rings with Marianne Cole, the major's niece, right? Yes, we're planning to be married. She wrote me she'd try to come here for a visit, but so far Dormier. She... What? Dormier, she's here. Here? She's been here for a week. A week? Where? What's she been doing? Dining, dancing, driving in the countryside, walking in the garden, the usual activities of a girl who's being courted. Courted? By whom? By our commanding officer, my friend. Colonel Perrault? That's a lie. It's true, Dormier. The major introduced her. The whole regiment is known, but they've kept it from you. From me as well, knowing I was your friend. I just heard of it. What are you going to do about it, Dormier? We'll see, Armand. Now, let's go. You are listening to The Second Shot, tonight's presentation on Escape. On CBS Radio's Saturday night series called Gunsmoke, we go back to the early West for the exploits of United States Marshal Matt Dillon. On most of these same stations, CBS Radio brings you the excitement of gun smoke every Saturday night. And now, Escape, and Act Two of The Second Shot. us, Major? If you will excuse me, yes, it's bedtime for a man my age. Good night, Uncle Jean. Good night, my dear. Colonel? Good night, Major. Marianne. Yes? Do you know what day this is? Well, it's the day before tomorrow, of course, and uh, a day later than yesterday. But beyond that, I must confess I've lost track of the time. It's a week. One week today. You said a week should be long enough, my dear. I did. I love you, Marianne. It seems so strange. For you who have been so many places, known so many women. I don't remember any women. For you to love me, who knows nothing and has been nowhere. <laughs> the cadets at the academy. Oh, not one of them mattered. Not as you matter, my dear. Marianne. Then you will marry me. Oh, could it be at this time of night? I, I suppose we should answer it. Wait, I hear Uncle Jean coming down. He'll see who it is. <laughs> Good. I'm much too comfortable to move. And the view from here is excellent. View? You, my dear. Oh. <laughs> Lieutenant Dornier? Rather late, Lieutenant. My compliments to Colonel Perrault, Major. Tell him I'd like a word with him. And tell him it's personal rather than official. Quite personal. Have the lieutenant come in, Major Cole. Uh, 
I gathered from your remarks to Major Call at the door that you are not here on official military business. The colonel has an excellent sense of hearing. It's too bad his sense of decency is not equally admirable. Lieutenant, may I remind you that you're addressing your superior officer? I am aware of it, Major. Then while you're in my home, you'll conduct yourself in a manner proper to your rank. My manner is proper enough for a man who's been grossly offended. I'm certain the colonel will admit that the provocation he has given me is... Lieutenant Domier! Let him talk, Major... What provocation do you fancy I have given you, Lieutenant? I would prefer to discuss the matter without the presence of Major Cole's niece. Domia, you're being a fool. I was once, but no longer. You know each other? Ask your niece, Major. Stop it, Domia. We were both fools, mere children. Oh, and now, in less than a year, you have grown up, become a lady, the Colonel's lady, no less. Though you show little regard for his feelings, since I perceive you still wear my ring on a chain about your throat. Take it. Here. Each day I meant to give it back, but I put it off. It meant nothing. It meant a pledge of betrothal once. Shall I remind you of the circumstances, our children's words, our children's actions? Marianne, I must add my request to the lieutenants. Will you leave us alone, please? Yes. Will you go, my dear? Very well, Uncle Jean. Colonel Perrault, I... Lieutenant, were you implying some sort of understanding between you and Marianne before she came here to visit? Is the colonel trying to imply he was not aware of it? I was not. You lie, Lieutenant. Never mind, Major. I think our young friend hardly knows what he's saying. Then you choose to ignore my insult? Well, I will not be so lenient, Colonel Perrault. Captain Armand will call at your quarters tonight and arrange the affair. A duel? You are challenging your commanding officer? With the colonel's permission, of course. Naturally, he can refuse to accept. I accept. No, Colonel. I shall expect Captain Armand at my quarters later. Colonel Perrault. And now, Lieutenant Daumier, you are a fool. A brash, unreasoning young fool. I'm telling you that quite officially. Dismissed. Taking his time. It's ten o'clock. Captain Armand is hardly as reckless as Daumier. I imagine it's taking some persuasion to get him to act in this matter. Do as I suggest, Colonel. Demand that the duel be fought with sabers. I saw you on the barricades at Firenze. Everyone would believe the choice was made through cowardice. It's well known that the lieutenant fights with a pistol, so be it then. But he's a dead shot. He'll kill you. The probabilities are in his favor. Then how in the name of heaven can you sit there and be so calm about it? Calm? Major, I am anything but calm. No, no, no. Not about the possibility of death. I've spent my life with death. Cheated it for years. When it comes, it comes, and for me, it's overdue. It's not death. It's Marianne. Oh, she was young. Too young. Not yet awakened. As she said herself, a childish thing. It meant nothing. I am not so sure, Major. Perhaps the strength and surge of my own feeling may have blinded me to hers. She's been here a week and made no effort to see him. But she wore his ring. You see my position, Major. 
If I should kill him, it would be a terrible injury to her. And on the other hand, should the result be reversed, her life with him would be clouded forever by the thought that she had brought about my death. Must you insist on believing she cares for Domier? I can see no other explanation. Except the obvious one. But Maria. I am not ordinarily an eavesdropper. Any more than I am other things you seem to believe I am. Marianne, at this hour, a gentleman's quarters I are hardly I think I'm amply for... chaperoned by Uncle Jean. In fact, too much so for what I have to say. I'll wait in the passage outside, Colonel. Keep an eye out for Captain Armand. Do you believe I have played with your affections? Treated your love lightly for some feeling of vanity and such a conquest? I don't condemn you, my dear. My rank, perhaps, an air of experience. Anyone can be misled for a week. I meant what I said to Daumier. It was a childish thing. So there is no reason for this duel, you see. You can't go through with it now. But I have to, my dear. There's nothing else I can do. Daumier is being a fool. Must you be one, too? I have no choice. Under the circumstances, I can own... It's Captain Armand. Yes. Come. You can go out this way. It's better he not see you here. But the duel, you must not risk your life. Life is risk, Marianne. Now, goodbye, my dear. Come in, Captain Armand. That is, Captain. Yes, sir. Major Cole here has kindly agreed to act as my second. The precise details of time and place can be arranged between you. Yes, sir. But as to the conditions of the duel itself, I wish to state definite requirements. This is, of course, my right as the challenged party. Lieutenant Daumier has instructed me to accept whatever conditions you may impose, sir. Good. And here they are. Dueling pistols, of course. Very good. The distance? Two paces. Two paces? Correct. Colonel, are you sure of what you are saying? Two paces? It is impossible to miss. Each of us shall take his position and aim at his opponent and may fire his shot at will after the count of three. But I... Now, a final condition, Captain. One of the pistols will not be loaded. I hardly know what... To... Colonel, it means certain death for one of you. For the one who draws the empty gun leaves everything else to chance. Better so than leave it to the lieutenant's marksmanship. Well, Captain? The Major is right. The result is purely a matter of chance, sir. Which is proper, I think, in an affair of honor. Shouldn't fate be given a hand in the matter? Well, do you decline my terms, Captain Armand? No, we can't decline. It's your right. Very well, Colonel. On behalf of Lieutenant Dormier, I accept. Colonel, you're being as foolish as he is. Stop now before it's too late. I think it's too late now, Major Cole. It appears they're all here ahead of us. It can only mean tragedy, no matter what happens. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello. 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 Monsieur Dautrec, I understand that you are to officiate. If the colonel pleases. Of course. 
Pistols are in this case. I've already seen to the loading. Do you know which is the loaded gun, Colonel? It doesn't matter, since Lieutenant Daumier will have first choice. Quite so. Will you choose your weapon, Lieutenant? I will. <clears throat> you hesitate, Lieutenant. I was told you always approach these affairs with a certain ease and confidence. This one. That is your final choice, Lieutenant? Yes. Very well. Colonel. Thank you. If you will take your places, gentlemen. The sabers are planted in the ground two paces apart. You will stand back of them and face your opponent. Are you ready, gentlemen? At your pleasure, monsieur. Lieutenant Dumier. Yes, of course. Get on with it. You understand that neither of you will fire before the count of three? Good. Gentlemen, you will take aim. You're trembling, Lieutenant. Did you tremble in your other duels? Count. Go ahead and count. One, two, three. <laughs> Fate seems to be against you, Lieutenant Daumier. You drew the empty gun. Fire. Fire and get it over with. It's a new feeling for you, isn't it, Lieutenant? Looking into the muzzle of a pistol and knowing it holds death for you. It's a feeling five of your previous opponents had. A feeling one learns in campaigns and battles. At the same time, one learns the real meaning of honor. It's called fear, Lieutenant. Fire, you devil. Don't torture him, Colonel. Do as he says. Get it over with. Torture? Is his torture any greater than that he imposed on others? Men who meant no insult to him, but were forced to face certain death from his marksmanship because of his self-acclaimed sense of honor? Is it too bad such drastic measures as this were required to bring to an end your career of slaughter, Lieutenant? Fire! Pull the trigger! We back up you, Colonel. Very well, gentlemen. An end to your last duel, Lieutenant. A misfire. A miracle. No. Quite the contrary. Lieutenant Daumier... Next week, we move against Austria, and France will have need of all her officers. I did not wish to waste your life or mine. Neither of the pistols was loaded. Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you the second shot based on a story by Alexander Dumas, specially adapted for radio by Les Crutchfield, starring John Daner with Vic Perrin. Featured in the cast were Ellen Morgan, Ben Wright, Harry Bartell, Jack Crucian, and Lou Krugman. Your announcer, George Walsh. The special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Next week... You are standing at the entrance of a walled Arab town. While behind you, coming slowly through the night, are the shuffling footsteps of a blind beggar who will lead you into a harrowing world of 
darkness and terror. So listen next week when Escape brings you Kathleen Height's terrifying story, The Return. Your purchase of Easter seals is your way of extending the only aid there is for the crippled and disabled. Organized hospital, clinical, and laboratory campaigns to cure the curable and to lessen the burdens of those who can't be completely well again. Buy Easter seals. Make your generous contribution a fighting force to expand treatment, research, and education. The three weapons of hope and cure for the crippled and disabled in America. America listens most to the CBS radio network. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers as Cary Grant. This story comes from his daughter Jennifer Grant and ex-wife Diane Cannon. It's a series. The performance of Jason Isaacs, who plays Cary Grant, is top-notch. I highly recommend it. You can only find it on my favorite TV, BritBox. Sign up to BritBox today to stream Archie and other fan favorites today from any device. I have a special, limited-time offer for my U.S. and Canadian listeners. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 1001STORIES at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001STORIES at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape. Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are standing at the entrance of a walled Arab town. While behind you, coming slowly through the night, are the shuffling footsteps of a blind beggar who will lead you into a harrowing world of darkness and terror. Listen now as Escape brings you Kathleen Height's terrifying story, The Return. (laughs) 
freighter Menlo crept slowly through the breakwater of the outer harbor. Most of the twelve passengers were on deck, looking north beyond the converging jetties to the modern city of Bizerta. The two of us, a man named Tuckett and myself, Bizerta was a destination. I didn't know what brought Tuckett here. I didn't really know what brought me here. I only knew that I'd looked for something all over the world without success. I'd looked everywhere except Bizerta. Ashore, I checked in at a small hotel, and a short time later, I was part of the early evening crowd on the streets. Yeah, there you go. Mashallah, mashallah, Fendi. Sure. Can you tell me how to get to the Arab town? Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't notice about your eyes. One does not need eyes to perceive truth, Fendi. No, I suppose not. What's your name? Nigga. Nigga. The Arab town is north, due north of here. And the truth is everywhere for all to see, if they will but see. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> well, bye, nigga. Said Fendi. It is Mr. Reeser, isn't it? Uh, oh, talk it. I lost track of you when we came ashore. Thought I'd find you again at the hotel, but they tell me you're not registered. Where are you staying? Hotel North Africa. How about joining me there for dinner, uh, if you don't have any plans? I don't think I have any plans. But if I do, they can catch up with me there, don't you think? <laughs> yes, I, I guess they can. hadn't meant much more to me than they did to Tuckett. I tried to explain during dinner. Maybe it was the wine that was talking, maybe me. Either way, Tuckett seemed interested enough to ask a question. Have you any idea what you're looking for, Reeser? I'm looking for a place where there's no struggle. No struggle for you? For anyone. I'm 40 years old, Tuckett. And for a little over half my lifetime, I've traveled the world. Mm -hmm. Worked my way, worked the sea and the earth. I tell you, there's only one thing that's universal, and that's the struggle. I, I suppose that's right. But it seems to me we're making a lot of progress in some directions. Now, medicine, for example, Medicine's a... a good example. They licked pneumonia, they found cancer waiting for them. They inoculate for smallpox and they find bubonic plague. For every achievement, there's a new struggle waiting. And I wonder if that's progress, Tuckett. Well, I don't... I don't know. I, I never thought of it this way. Well, take food, clothing, and shelter, the basic needs. Uh -huh. Some parts of the world people don't have them. But even when they do, there are bigger struggles to take their place. Fears, insecurities. Maybe you beat these things one at a time. But you've never got it made. While you're fighting against one struggle, another one's being fed and made strong. And it never ends until you die struggling to live. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny in a way. You've come to Bizerta hoping you'll find a place where there's no struggle. And I've come here, well, to get into the struggle, I guess. 
I'm opening an import-export business, small, and I'm sure full of struggle, but I'm not cynical about it or disillusioned yet. No, I don't feel cynical, Tuckett. I'm just short on hope because I, I, I don't see any end in sight. Reeser, what would you change if it were up to you? The struggle. Show me a place where there's no struggle. That's where I want to be. I wonder what it would be like. <laughs> if, if you find it, let me know, will you? <laughs> if I can, I will. I promised I'd get in touch with Tuckett in a few days, but as I went back to the streets of Berserta, walking through the fine rain that was falling now, I wondered if I'd ever see him again. My course took me north, along the canal, through the modern city, past the ancient citadel, to the entrance of the walled Arab town. I passed no one, and yet I knew I was not alone. Someone was following behind me. Soon I heard his footsteps at my side. We are almost there, Effendi. Nega, you're walking without your cane to lead you. I am come to lead you, Effendi. Where? Through the wall ahead. Your words have been heard, Effendi. You are ready? Ready for what? You have said... Show me the place where there is no struggle. How do you know what I've said? You have asked enough questions of life, Effendi. Come. We go through the wall. Oh, you're out of your mind. Look about you, Effendi. On all sides, there are walls. You have come too far to go back. What are you talking about? I can't go back. You have said the words, Show me the place. Through the wall ahead... Is the perfect place. I will lead you there. Oh, this is crazy. You're crazy. You're blind. You can't lead me anywhere. Let go of me. You yourself have said that struggle is useless. I said let go of me, you filthy old... I had swung at Nega with all the force in me, only to find myself flattened against the wall. Did I slip on the wet pavement or trip? I don't know. That was no imaginary wall I had hit. I felt the hard pain of it and the rain beating against my face. And then it was over. The room in which I awakened was large. Large and empty with great windows at the far end bright sunlight streaming through them. There was no room I'd ever seen before. My clothes were no longer damp, and there was no pain in me. I moved toward the sunlight. You were a long time coming, Risa. I don't see you. Come out of the shadows toward the light. You will find me. Oh. Now... You can see me, can you not? Yes, now I see you. You seem to know me. I've never seen you before. I am called Zine. You are most welcome, Risa. Yours has been a tortuous trip, I know. 
don't understand. That beggar, the old fool, he said he was leading me to the perfect place. The important thing is that you are here, Risa. Come. Look through the windows. Oh. Oh. Oh, this is beautiful. Mountains, valley, lakes, fields. Never seen anything like it. It's... It's... It is perfect. You are in the perfect place. Because you want to be here. You look the world over. You witness the struggle. You wanted to be free of it. Am I... Am I dead? Do you feel dead? No, no. No, I don't. I, I feel confused. There's so much I don't understand. I have questions. You will begin to see the answers for yourself once the processing has begun. Processing? There are things you must give up for perfection, Risa. In the processing, these things will leave you. One of them is written in your expression now, doubt. You cannot doubt perfection and have it too. And after that, you must give up fear and greed. Will you miss them, Reese? No, no, of course not. There are other things, of course. Whenever you have questions, you will find me nearby to answer them. Do you have any more questions now? No. Then you are ready. Go on, my son. Go out and live in the perfect place. You hesitate. Why? I don't know. Surely there's nothing to fear from perfection. You would not think so, would you, my son? I went out the door, down the path, into the perfect place. The hesitation, the fear grew less with each step. I turned a short distance away to wave back at Zine, but the door I had walked through was gone, and the building and the window, and there was no sign of Zine, but somehow it seemed unimportant. I turned back to the path and walked ahead. Hello, my love. Hello. I am Angela. Angela. You are Risa, and my love. I knew you would be here when I wanted you most. You were, were expecting me? You knew I would be here? I wanted you. Oh. Take my hand. We will walk together, won't we? I think we will. Angela. Oh, my love. Ours will be a lovely time together. Perfectly lovely. You are listening to The Return, tonight's presentation on Escape. Next Sunday evening, Lionel Barrymore will again be here on most of these same stations as your host on the Radio Hall of Fame. 
Remember to hear Lionel Barrymore next Sunday on CBS Radio. And now, Escape and the second act of The Return. Angela was all of beauty, all of woman. She was grace and strength and delicacy. And she was always at my side as we walked the broad valleys of the perfect place. She was my love. And it was a perfect love. The land was all beauty. The people were all smiles. Every need was satisfied. There was love in abundance. Peace and perfection was at every hand. And there was no struggle. No struggle about anything. After a time when I felt the need of a friend, a friend appeared. He was Lar, Angela's brother. Lar loved the sea, and he had a fine schooner for fishing. Angela tells me you enjoy fishing, Reeser. Name your fish, and I promise you boatloads of it. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I have no preference. Any fighting game fish is fine sport. The day is perfect. The wind is perfect. Everything we need is aboard. It's all very easy, isn't it? It is as it should be. For fishing, we need wind and sail and sea and fish. So we have them. Hard to believe. It's there to see and believe. The wind is failing. Then this must be the spot. The best waters. Best? We would not have stopped here if they were not the best. Nice arrangement. Well, where's the gear? The lines are out. They are just right. Go, see for yourself. It's a strike, Mark. The strike here on the starboard line. Pull him in, Reeser. He's all yours. Oh, it's Albacore. And a giant. But he, he stopped fighting. There's no fight in him. Pull him in, Reeser. He's a perfect albacore. Perfect. I never saw a fish give in so quickly. Practically jumped onto the deck. And it kept on that way. All day, every fish that found our lines fairly flopped into the schooner of its own volition. Laura had promised me a boatload of fish, and we had them when Angela met us in port at evening. There had been no struggle, no effort even in lifting the great fish off the lines. It was phenomenal and rather frightening. Some days later, Angela suggested a deer hunt. With Laura, we walked through the beautiful countryside, through fields, toward the wooded hills. Look ahead, my love. Set your sights. Oh, yes. The first shot is yours, Reeser. All right. You see, love? Directly ahead. Perfect deer. Yes, I see. Perfect deer. Thirty or forty of them all lined up as targets. Couldn't miss one if I tried. Fire, Reeser. No, I can't. You wanted deer. Well, there they are. Now, Angela, listen to me. Don't you see? 
We haven't hunted for deer. Now, part of the thrill of hunting is the hunt itself, and then the, the finding of your game and matching your wits against his. If you win, then you've won something. But you said you wanted deer. And when we fished, you said you wanted fish. Look, if I had said I wanted to hunt bear instead of deer, then all the bear I could shoot would be in the sights of my gun? Or if I'd said quail or duck, the sky overhead had been black with them? Is that true? Yes. Yes, my love. That is all true. Yes. Yes, perfect. Like all things. Oh, but that isn't perfect. Can't I make you see that... Oh. Look, Angela, you and Lara, would you just go on a little, would you? I, I, I want to be alone a while. Of course, darling. That's perfectly all right with me. Perfectly. Perfectly. I turned then and I walked in no direction toward no place. Inside, I, I was all fury and confusion. And something more. Didn't know why, but I was reacting to the constant smiles of Angela and Lar with something like... like terror. And then I stopped and lay on a spot of cool green grass to rest and think. And not think. What are your questions, Risa? Zine? I said I'd be nearby to answer when you needed me. It's hard to question. I just find perfection difficult to understand. Do you doubt it, the perfection? No. no. I've seen and known many perfect things here. You wanted assurance there was no struggle here in the perfect place. You have seen no struggle, have you, Reese? No, none. But now, now you, you, you must see everything. The fish, the deer, they have no fight in them. There's no sport, there's no challenge. You wanted no struggle. You cannot have both struggle and no struggle. You once berated existence as a thing men struggled through and died struggling to live. Well, I know. I... Your processing will go on, Risa. Step by step, it will go on. There will be no struggle. And you will realize that you cannot improve on perfection. And when I turned to answer Zine, he was gone again, as I knew he would be. He was gone, but the terror was still with me. There was goodness and kindness. There was plenty. Why did I fear it? What was its terror? My thoughts went to Angela, and soon we were together again, as if nothing other than perfection had passed between us. She took me into a village I had not seen. The life there was simple, but perfect. Is it not beautiful here, my love? Is not everything and everyone beautiful? Angela, what do all the people of the village do? Do? How do they live? Do they work? Are there, are there jobs to do? Everyone does what he wants. No. Who tills the fields and plants them? Who, who builds the homes? So many questions always, my love. And questions about the simplest of things. The fields. One goes there when one wants something and one finds it. The homes. They're just here. Nothing to be achieved because all things have been achieved. There is no work because all the work has been done. That sounds very well. Does it please you? Yes, I, I guess it does. Oh, look. The men at the canvases across the way. Oh. They're painting. Is that doing something? Oh, let's have a look. 
lovely paintings. Perfectly lovely, are they not? Oh, this one's quite a good landscape. And this one here. Do look at this one, Risa. You see? Perfectly lovely. Oh, they're just the same. They're identical. Every flower, the tree, the hill, just the same in color and size. Angela. What is it, darling? Three men painting pictures, and each picture is exactly like the others. There is just one perfect landscape of this sort. How could it be otherwise? There is only one way to be, to do, to paint. And that is perfect. And there's just one perfect book because there's just one perfect way to set words down? Of course, my love. The perfect way. Oh, no, no. I wish Lar were here. Tell me this, this this perfection, is it conformity? Angela, you wished me here. Lar, he's full of questions. Just one question, Lar. Is perfection conformity? Must everyone think and do and act and write and paint in just one way? There is just one perfect way. Oh, no, Zine didn't say I'd have to give up all the things that make me, me, or that I couldn't work toward goals of achievement, or that I must give up challenge in order to live in the perfect place. You are so different, Reeser. Angela, what if I should leave you? What if, if, I, if I were no longer your love? Would that be all right with you? If that is what you wish, perfectly all right, darling. Perfectly. Oh, you're crazy! Oh, oh, Tuckett ought to be here. Oh, he should see what I've seen. He'd laugh his head off at me. Tuckett? Yeah, Tuckett. Someone with a chance to work and dream and set goals for himself. And make mistakes, honest mistakes. And gamble to win or lose. He can take his chances. I think this Tuckett must be a very strange man. And I think this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. What an odd gesture. I've never seen one man strike another before. Come on, Lark, get up. Let's make a good fight of it, huh? Let's make a perfect fight. Your hand becomes a peculiar color. You won't fight back? You won't fight back because there's no struggle here. You mention this word struggle often. Is it a good word, struggle? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. They were smiling when I left. The whole village was smiling broadly, and they waved at me happily. I ran, and I walked, and I ran again. The mountains surrounding the great valley were tall and steep. I had to get through or around or over them somehow. I had to escape the perfect place. You have further questions, Lisa? Uh, just one, Zine. How do I get out of here? Get out? You want to leave the perfect place? Yes, and I am leaving, and you can't stop me. I would not try to stop you if you really want to go. I will show you the way. This is no trap? No. There is one thing. Yeah? If you go, you can never return. That's fine with me. In fact, that's perfect. You'll be going back to the struggle. This perfection is filthy. It's vicious, insidious. You prefer the struggle, then? To this? Oh, yes. Yeah, the struggle is... The struggle is wrong. It shouldn't have to be. But we'll work on it every succeeding generation. At least there's work to be done and the incentive is there to do it. Oh, brother, wait till I tell people about this 
perfect place. Yes, Risa. Tell them you found the perfect place. Tell them about the beauty, the perfection, about Angela and La and me. Tell them you were here and you saw it, that there's no struggle. Tell them you saw all this and ran. Will anyone believe you? My lips formed an answer, but no words came. And suddenly there was no zine and no perfect place. Only the rain beating on my face as I lay at the foot of a high wall. I felt the hard pain in my back. Then I remembered it all. The beggar, Bizerta, the walled Arab town beyond. Couldn't have happened very long before. Couldn't have lain there long. I remember that Tuckett was staying at the Hotel North Africa, and I hurried there to him. Tuckett! Tuckett, open the door! Tuckett! Good heavens, what's all the oh. racket about? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I was anxious to find you again. I got in a fight down in the native quarter, which was a mistake, because I've been lying wet and cold in some back alley for an hour or so. Why, it's Reeser, isn't it? What? Well, of course, man... Oh, look, don't you remember at dinner earlier this evening? Reeser! Of course, of course, and I remember the dinner. I haven't seen you since, but after all, I should remember it was only a year ago. Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you The Return by Kathleen Height, starring Lawrence Dobkin. Featured in the cast were Edgar Barrier, Paul Dubov, Gene Bates, Howard Culver, and Lou Krugman. Your announcer, George Walsh. The special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Next week... <laughs>